we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your hosts. I'm Willow Truman. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And we haven't had a howdy, folks, in too long, so I just I wanted to give it to whoever's been missing it. In like two weeks. Yeah. In like two weeks. <laughs> I guess you would know. You are the editor. Yeah. So today... I have no idea what we're talking about today. Yeah, you've been like super busy these last couple weeks, and I've been doing this, and I think that this is what you need. This is what I need? I think this is what everyone needs, because it's fucking okay. ridiculous, but it ends in murder. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, there is a lady who died because of this. But, All right. But it's also f- funny. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did she Did she deserve it? No. Oh. Rest in peace. That's too... Kara Ann Bonowitz. Is that her name? We'll, yes. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So we're talking about Andy Perro. Okay. Andy Perro, he's the survivor of a secret mind control program perpetrated by our own government. Oh, no. But he's a man of immense talents. Yeah. He was trained to be a super soldier with superhero capabilities, like being able to jump from really tall buildings unscathed, which earned him the nickname Superman. Hmm. Yeah. He's been used in covert assassinations as a Manchurian candidate, able to be triggered into action by just two words. Rhino balls. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, we're going to hear about it. Who'd he kill? Besides Miss Bonowitz. I don't know. Several, several people, apparently. Several high-ranking government officials. Yeah, of course. Unnamed high-ranking government officials. Yeah. Um, Every single one of his exes, by the way, is actually a a government-assigned handler that was sent to fuck with him. Of course. Every single one. Heard that. Yeah. He's traveled through time to help the United States and Europe fight Germany in World War II. Ah. And um, yeah, apparently being one of the top assassins and soldiers didn't give him any protection from being responsible for his actions because, yeah, he's a convicted murderer. Oh, and well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. You know, they have a they have a, a tendency to toss their. Yeah, it's an inside job. Yeah, he's a patsy. Yeah, he's a patsy. So right now. We're going to do what we do. We're going to pull a tarot card, talk about it at the end of the episode and see what the deck, what, what do the cards have to say about Project Superman, I wonder? Project Superman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's this one. We have the Eight of Cups reversed. That's fascinating. Eight of Cups. Yes. It's a. It's the man who's walking away from all of his cups. He's gathered all the cups and now he's like, no, I'm going to wander into the mountains instead. I've gotten what I need, but it's reversed. It's also known as indolence. Mm. Boredom. Uh, yeah. Ennui. Well. It's the Eight of Cups. Yeah. All right. Now let's get into it. Yeah. We'll talk about the Eight of Cups later on. Let's learn about this man.
You're welcome. This fucking song, dude. One? <laughs> I've never seen that music video before. I've, I had never seen the music video either, and it fucking reminded me of Preston Nichols. Mm, the guy from yes. the Montauk Project. Mm. It's like this old man sort of putting on a superhero costume and like being awesome and living his superhero fantasy. Also, it's the first time I ever saw what Three Doors Down looked like. Well, about what you would expect. Of course. Of exactly course that's what, what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Literally exactly what you'd expect. Ah, uh, song brings me back. If he goes crazy, will you still call him Superman though? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I you know, I I had terrible music taste as a child. Yeah. Fucking terrible. Did you like this song? Was did you bump this song a lot? Loved it. It kind of slaps. You know, I'm not displeased about hearing it and I mean I used it. I put it in here. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. But I when I was a wee one, I loved that song. I I apologized to my parents. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that song was your kryptonite. <laughs> Michael Andrew Perro III was born in Fallon, Nevada in November of 1969. His father was a lieutenant commander at the Fallon Naval Air Station in Nevada at the time, and by Andy's memory, the torture he experienced at the hands of his own government began at the tender age of two and a half. Hmm. This is going to have a lot of callbacks to our Project Monarch series yeah because like very similar flavor to that the monarch stuff that's really where it's where a, a lot, lot of this comes, comes from. from yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. and of course as we discussed in our monarch series it's kind of a comic book cartoon version of what really happened yeah 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 almost takes away from what really happened mm. so andy claims that he was subjected to shock treatments and needles inserted into his ears and penis and other places the ears though yeah needles in the ears fuck no 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 yes okay they Mm. capital t they it's always them they used extreme trauma to separate his mind from his body so they could reprogram him to not have any fear so that he could grow up to be a superhero you got to be fearless if you're going to be a superhero so but who are they these perpetrators of horrific crimes against children Hmm. Not not really entirely clear. Um, they. Yeah. Definitely someone, people in the government, the, the high ups, the the people. The shadow government. Yeah. Uh, we do know that one of Andy's handlers that featured prominently in his brainwashing uh, was a Nazi named, nicknamed Adolf by Andy because apparently he looked Aryan. So we'll, we'll hear about Adolf a little bit. One of Andy's handlers. He looked Aryan though. Yeah. So it wasn't Hitler. No, just okay. nicknamed Adolf, but not Hitler. Andy believes that the Nazi party is working in conjunction with different branches of the U.S. government and the military. He's not wrong. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> He's I, not I, fucking I wrong. To, I have to hand it to Andy on that one. Yeah, that's that good. One, not going to argue with that one. Yep, that's, that's kind of the whole problem. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. so this is basically the pro- Project Monarch, except with the guy. Yeah. And there's some Montauk super soldier bullshit thrown in. And it, it really is like the masculine equivalent of Project Monarch. Right, right. Because in this, and Andy even says it himself, all the guys are super soldiers. All the women are sex slaves. Yep. And it's, yeah. Now, for those, that, something. for those that don't know briefly, what is Montauk, Montauk super soldier program? Are we going to talk about that? Is this directly that? Because just in case people don't have the background. So Project Montauk 
took place in the 70s, supposedly, according to a man named Preston Nichols, which in his book, The Montauk Project, co-written by Peter Moon, who is an ex-Scientologist and auditor. Gotcha. So really good at brainwashing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Preston basically used Peter Moon as a scribe, and Preston had this crazy story about how he had uncovered memories about how he had actually been one of the people at Camp Hero in Long Island where they Mm. were doing mind control experiments. And he was doing mind control experiments on people because he's so technologically advanced, right? He knows so much about technology. So Preston was one of the people doing these experiments, but even he didn't remember this Mm. until he uncovered this, this telekinetic, invisible audio wave this frequency and he says that he followed the frequency to camp hero and he was digging around there and there was a man in a tunnel that he met that said i recognize you you used to work here and then from there preston started to uncover his memories and he wrote this whole long book and this whole shit came out about you know and it was only boys that they ever mind controlled because there's a certain orgone energy Mm. to to the boys there's a you need the the man-on-man energy. It's a whole thing. So, yeah, Project Montauk. I believe, I believe like that Project was Project uh, Monarch, except different. Yeah. Uh, there's a great YouTube channel, Weird Reads with Emily Louise. She has an amazing video going all over oh, Project, yeah? Montauk, Project Montauk that is so good and so comprehensive. Oh, hell yeah. I'll check it out. Yes. Yeah, so in addition to being like a callback to Project Monarch and all of that stuff, guess who also gets a callback? Eve Lorgan. Eve Lorgan. Eve Lorgan is pivotal to this one, too. We did an episode on alien love bites. Eve Lorgan is a UFO and abductee researcher who's had her own experiences and um, is just fully into this world. I'm pretty sure the alien love bites episode was the funniest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, that's a that's a really fucking it's, funny. It's one. a very funny episode. It's an older one. The audio sounds different because it's older, mm-hmm. but it's a good one. I say some. <laughs> I say some things. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of reptilian sex in that. Yeah. So, in an interview with Eve Lorgan, Andy tells us about you know some of the different locations where these experiments took place. You wanna? Yes. Let's see. Much of my training and torture sessions were done right at the University of Rochester, New York. They used to take me to a private room in the attic or top floor of the library. The big lab where I had most of the programming done to me was at the Rome National Air Base in Rome, New York. I've also been used in the Montauk chair while at Camp Hero Montauk, L.I. Long Island. And also in a chair... (laughs) (laughs) Also in a chair in Atlanta, Georgia at Dobbins Air Force Base. There's also a facility in Paramus, New Jersey. Paramus. I like saying Paramus. 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 <laughs> and Paramus, New Jersey facility where they is where they do the sex programming for many of the female agents. For the most part, 99% of them are involuntary sex agents and courtiers who are raised in various mind control projects. Yep. 99% of the women in these mind control projects are involuntary sex agents. And 1% just thought it'd be a good time. Yeah. So... What's up with been- the chairs? 
Oh my God. Sounds very specific. Oh, we're going to talk about the chairs. Okay. Don't worry. We will talk about the chairs. Remember the Ascension chairs? Remember the magic chairs from our I Am activity? There's always a magic chair. There's always a fucking magic chair. There's always a magic chair, dude. It's not the first time. It's not the last time. There's going to be more magic chairs in the future. Yeah. So at 10 years old, uh, Andy, who's been, you know, going through all this mind control shit too, he's enrolled by his mother into something called the Silva Mind Control Course. I've heard of the Silva Mind Control Method. Yes. Yes. So, here we go. The Silva Method. Are you ready? Yes. We will begin this exercise with the three-to-one method. <clears throat> Find a comfortable seated position. I'm here. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. <sighs> and while exhaling, mentally repeat and visualize the number three three times. Son of a bitch. Uh, yes. Son, Son of, of a, a bitch. bitch. All right. 333, three, three, St. Right. Germain's number. All right. St. Germain's power number. It's okay. just, I'm sure that's the only time he's going to, there's going to be anything to it, but of course, of course. Yeah. 333. There we yeah. go. Okay. Hell so, yeah. the Silva method. I'll, I'm going to take you through it. Okay. Okay. Meditate with me a little bit. I got you. Yeah. Get ready to demonstrate the Silva method. Oh. Imagine a lemon. Mm. A beautiful yellow lemon. Mm. Feel how cold it is. Mm. Observe its shape. Mm. Feel that it is wet. Now, smell it. Please concentrate on its sour, acidic scent. Play with this lemon in your mind a bit. Now, cut the lemon in half. Experience how the sour juice flows down your hands. Lift it over your mouth and squeeze the sour lemon right into it. Did you swallow? What the fuck? If you had followed my request, I'm pretty sure you did. You just imagined a lemon, and your daydreaming triggered a real physical reaction. Your body acted as if you had really squeezed a lemon into your mouth. Can you imagine how many times our brain sends orders unconsciously to our body during a day? When you imagine that you'll fail an exam, or when you repeat bad things about yourself over and over again. With the Silva Method, you'll learn to consciously use this phenomenal ability of your brain, and this is where the universe unfolds. Did you swallow? <laughs> no, I was creeped out before <laughs> before I got there. About the, the lemons. The way you squeeze my lemon, I, I'm gonna fall right out of bed. <laughs> the way you squeeze that lemon. Silva, you dirty bastard. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the only thing I could think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that bit from spongebob where it's like evil every villain is lemons what i hate spongebob yeah i do too which is why i never <laughs> quote it but that sticks out do you hate spongebob not a big fan cool i always kind of cringe when people quote it thank you yeah i don't really like it when they do that fuck yeah but thank i just you. did it <laughs> no that's okay that's okay though is yeah. you know um, it is relevant yeah but you know what that's a relief yeah, I'm sorry to any big SpongeBob fans or quoters out there. You know, keep doing it. Don't stop. Yeah, no, not on our account. I just account. don't personally like it. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we agree on that. Yeah, Cheers to that. We do. Cheers to that. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, a little bit of a relief. <laughs> yep. So what exactly is the Silva method? Uh, basically, it's a technique of self-hypnosis where you learn to go into different levels of your mind. You can do self-healing, relaxation, visualization. You can bend spoons with the power of your mind, things like that. Yeah? Yeah, there's one guy who graduated from the Silva Method, 
And he made like his own little spinoff called Mind Valley. And he claims that he can read a book just by touching it. Through osmosis? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you'd already know everything because everything's already happened. Uh, right. It doesn't exist. Right, right. You can access anything. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it was okay. the Silva method was developed by Jose Silva. He was an electronics repairman. And he was um, doing experiments on his own kids to to see, okay. to see if he could make them smarter. Okay. Which, you know, like, when you word it that way, it sounds really creepy. But a lot of people do that. You know, they try to... Yeah, but it's called, like, kids to, teaching them. Yeah, but he was doing weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> he discovered that his daughter was a gifted clairvoyant. And in 1944, he began formally developing his method known as Silva Mind Control. And over the next 15 years, he perfected it, using it on family and friends, and finally launched it commercially in the 60s. How many friends did he have left by the end of it? I mean, a lot, because he mind controlled them all. Hey, true. Yeah. So here's a glowing... Uh, recent testimonial from someone who used the Silva method. This is still a big thing. I keep fucking getting YouTube ads for it now. Yeah, yeah. A buddy of my dad's um, was really it into this useful. back in the day. Like, it doesn't seem like a terrible method. It just seems like what I don't like is that they've gone in a certain direction with it that makes it entirely reprehensible to me. If they hadn't gone in this direction with it, I would be fine with it. But they did. They did it. So. Interesting. Are we going to hear about that direction? In this oh, video? yes. Okay. I had some health issues. I had then some um, fibroids, which um, were growing, which are non-cancerous tumors. But I was told previously that the size of them, uh, I maybe have some, I have some difficulties conceiving. I just went to the course, and then in the on the course, um, um, I just in the evening went to bed, and I had like my stomach was really, really hurting me, and I just said to myself, this must be the healing process because already in my mindset I knew that I would be healed. And then when I woke up in the morning, um, yeah, I felt my stomach and the fibroids were gone because they were very large and it was a large growth in my stomach. So when I actually felt it, the actual fibroid had gone um, and I was really, really shocked and I came in the next day and I told everyone and um, to a certain extent I did expect it to come back and you know, I thought that maybe it would come back and it hasn't. So I can only imagine that I'm healed. I have to admit, I haven't been to doctors, but yeah. the growth is so large, you couldn't feel it in your stomach and I can't feel it there. Um, so it, it's, either, it's either disappeared or it's significantly reduced. So it's Girl. not a, a problem anymore. So that's my experience with Silver Method. Great. Okay. That's not good. Yeah, first that's of all, not good. go to a doctor immediately. Yeah, go to a fucking doctor. Fuck Holy shit. Immediately. <laughs> What? What the fuck was that? That's the first testimonial on the UK Silva Mind Control website. Dog yeah. shit audio quality. Like, Dog shit. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. And also, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah, my my stomach hurt. And then the next day, the growth was seemed a lot smaller. So I'm pretty sure it went away. I didn't go to the doctor or anything. So I don't really know. But like, it was the Silva method. Look, the one, the... One paranormal type of thing that I will go to bat for 100% always is psychic shit. You can't psychic your way out of cancer. No. And that's why it's reprehensible. <laughs> it's fucking reprehensible. It doesn't, that's you why, cannot do that. That's why it's out for me. You know, I was, I was with it up until I saw all this shit about using it to heal your body and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm out. Well, you know what? I mean, it's the same thing with like NLP. Yeah. Like it. You can use those techniques to fucking do some shit to your head, but like, oh yeah, you're not 
it's not going to go as far as, right. as I say. And I won't argue that, you know, in healing your mind, your body will also be healed because then you'll develop better habits and la la la. Like, yeah, that's true. But you're not going to think a tumor out of your body. No. You're definitely going to want to have that checked out by professionals. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. And Although, just learning the Silva method. You know, give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it can't hurt. Maybe in conjunction. In, con- in conjunction. Exactly. That's the. Yes. That's the kicker. In conjunction. And actually, that might work better than yeah. anything. <laughs> true. Cortisol, cortisol is really fucking bad for everything. And, yeah, you uh, don't want to be stressed. Yeah, yeah. Just take, take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> so after being enrolled in the Silva course, Andy noticed that these two men began showing up repeatedly in his life, like everywhere. Hmm. Here's Andy talking about that. Here's Sequoia as Andy They know. <laughs> I saw two peculiar military men who would periodically visit me throughout my childhood, especially sporting events. Which was great because my father didn't. Let's <laughs> see, he didn't say that. I did exceptionally well at Silva Mind Control and sports. Yep. <laughs> so much so that the two military men approached me and said, I hear you have some very special abilities. Someday you will work for us. At the time, I didn't understand. Later, the two men figured prominently in all the training I had up all the way through my college years. Of course, I didn't realize this until my memories came back. I did very well at sports and demonstrated a genius IQ, but I stuttered so badly until I was in my 20s that everyone just thought I was a dumb jock. The stuttering was due to all the electroshock treatments. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. You know, I have a feeling that this is another case of a fucking loser rewriting their past. But yeah. All I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Also... Like, was he, oh, I excelled at, I, I was the best at everything. Yeah, I'm the best at everything there yeah, ever was. Okay, everything I did, I was the best at it. I just yeah. stuttered, but I only stuttered because of the electroshocks. Right. Like, he can't even ad- admit to something as stupid as a stutter. Like, who cares if you stutter? That's not that big of a deal. I stutter all the time. Yeah, it's fine. And I, you know, I did really well on an IQ test, but you be, know why? Because I'm really, I'm only good at outthinking multiple choice questions. Yeah. It's the only thing we're good at. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, if you can't even accept your own stutter, what else is he denying? What else is he in uh, in denial about? Sounds like maybe his whole life. Everything. Literally everything. So, yeah. Andy continued being subjected to horrible torture. Mm. In addition to electroshock, he would um, get placed in this enclosed water tank and then told to breathe underwater. That's not going to work. Yes. They drowned him several times, but... He always managed to revive himself thanks to a self-created healing pool in his mind. Say that one more time. <laughs> a self-created healing pool in his mind. I wasn't any better, but okay. Yes. Through the Silva method, um, Andy had constructed an entire mental laboratory like inside of his head. Like there's a lab in his head that he can go to. Yeah. And you can heal any injury in the lab. You know, and there's this big pool in there. When you go into the pool, it heals you. You can tell this guy plays a lot of video games. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, thank God for the mind laboratory, because in order to unlock his superhuman abilities, Andy had to go through trial after trial of of real, actual, physically grueling tasks. So then he would he would do these tasks and and then go into his little mind lab and and fix himself up so that he could continue to train to be a superhero. Mm. The trainers would put me into a trance whereby I'd be told I could jump off a ladder of minimal height. 
In my mind, I believed that I was only jumping off a footstool or a short ledge. In actuality, I was progressively led to jump higher and higher. Led to jump higher and higher heights to the point of successfully jumping off buildings and even out of planes without a parachute. Yep. Such a weird superpower, he dude. Was jumping out of planes. Why would you ever need to do that? You gotta get him down there quick. Too quick for a parachute. I guess. Drop him out. These little, you know, burning meteor. It's Andy coming in. We talked about how he was like a cat. Like how when he was going down, it would actually look like everything was in slow motion. And he would like orient his body to be fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Under mind control, Andy could actually do like crazy shit. Like he could do 200 push-ups in a row in perfect form. He could weight lift up to... 1,500 pounds. Shut the fuck up, Andy. Yeah. No, 200 push-ups? Sure. Yeah. Honestly, sure. Yeah, like, people right, can do that's that. Not yeah. that. That's achievable. You're not a fucking ant, dude. No. You're not weightlifting 1,500 pounds. I don't think so. It's just not I really happening. I don't think so. Only under mind control, though. Like, without mind control, he could still lift up to 500. But under mind control, he could do three times that. Come on, man. Yeah, right? Like, I'm not buying it. I'm not even buying the lie. No. I don't even know why he said that. He just can't stop. He's definitely one of those people that is a pathological liar. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing with these guys. Like, you know. And believes his own lies somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was just, I was looking up L. Ron Hubbard videos earlier again. Yeah. Speaking of people who. Yeah, exactly. That type of fucking person. It's, they're all hoisted by their own petards. You yeah. know, because they always have to go so fucking far. Right. If they just dialed it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Like when I was in the CIA trans state or whatever, I could do 200 pushups in perfect form. I'd buy it. Right. It's so much easier to buy. Right. But then you tack on the 1,500 pounds. Right. You've lost me. Yeah. You lost me. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that nice. Men want men to ride with clouds between their knees. What the fuck? Wow, that's perfect. Yeah. He's only a man. No silly red sheet. Dude, what is it with the fucking late 90s, early 2000s? Superman songs. Superman songs. songs. The Ural. Yeah. Ural, the Ural singing. Yeah. Like that's like the high pitched Ural singing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, a friend all- of mine called him Ural Benz, and I Ural, Ural, <laughs> you know. It's true. Yeah, it's it's a really good way to put it. Ural. <laughs> there was a style for a time. Yeah, but <laughs> if only he could see inside of him. He's got his head so far up his own ass. What are you talking about? That's exactly why the Eight of Cups reversed is perfect. Because it's like the Eight of Cups is travel elsewhere. He is way too up far inside of himself that he doesn't know what reality even looks like. Yeah. Yeah, we're just bored with his own fucking life. Yeah. So 
you know, Andy obviously wasn't the only one enrolled in these programs. Like, he's not that special of a boy. Right. You know, according to him, there are thousands of other children and people used in these things. Many of them end up missing or die in the process of being tortured. Sure. Um, Because, you know, obviously they're all considered expendable. But the ones who survive, they're not expendable, you know? They're the ones that lived on to become the, the Montauk boys, the cream of the crop. You know, the they need the orgone energy and the kundalini energy of the male-on-male activity. You need the Montauk <laughs> boys and the Montauk men to get to open up the portals so that they could time travel. Dude, I have to I have to say it again. Um the first half of that paragraph, that's Mass Effect again. Yeah. And it either it's in either, This now, is before that. Oh, I know. I yeah. know. So now I'm starting to think that the writers of Mass Effect were uh into Big fans Montark. of this shit. Uh, I keep saying fringe. Montark. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, into the fringe yeah. uh, uh, shit, conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Because it's, that's funny. Yep. Yeah. So um, remember how we mentioned that one of the bases Andy was programmed in was located in Camp Hero, Long Island? Is that a real place? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the site of the Montauk Project where the Montauk boys were trained. Again, the cream of the crop. Fucking Montauk Best boys are just wearing fucking salmon shorts and boat shoes. That's a Montauk boy. Yeah. Fucking douchebags. We're all just Montauk <laughs> boys and Monarch girls. So one very important Montauk boy. I hate people who have more money than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Donate it to us. Um, <laughs> One very important Montauk boy is one Duncan Cameron. Yeah, he sounds like one too. Yes. Duncan's first experiment with the project was called the Seeing Eye, where they would give him like a lock of a person's hair or some other object connected to that person, and yeah. Duncan would put it in his hand and concentrate. And then Duncan could tap into that person and literally see through their eyes, hear through their ears, and hear through their ears and feel with their body so he could like body snatch you yeah i mean yeah. you know it's a little bit of sympathetic magic a little bit of uh psychic spy shit mm-hmm. a little bit of uh yeah yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's all right he could see through other people anywhere on the planet so after a number of years experimenting on duncan and other children the officials at camp hero developed a way that they could travel to different times and places they even went as far as Mars. Hmm. And how did they accomplish this exactly? How? With the chair. The chair. The Montauk chair. God damn it. The chair. Yes. See, when Andy was a Montauk boy, he was involved in the sub-project of the Montauk chair. Uh, here's Andy's description of it. What the chair essentially does is separate the mind from the body. The chair operator's thoughts and vibrational energy is picked up by umbrella-looking antennas above the chair. Sent to a computer, over to a processor, then amplified several hundred times. The information is sent to a network of free energy crystals arranged in a circle. Then whatever thoughts were amplified, i.e. a time period, a wormhole would open up in the room. The wormhole was as large as 16 to 18 feet across, and even large enough for a truck to go through. The location of Camp Hero Montauk is the crosshairs of, of the Earth's of the Earth's biorhythms and is the point on Earth where time travel is most easily accomplished. You hear that? How convenient. Yeah, Long Island. That's really... Fuck yeah, I love it. That's sweet. Yeah, so that's what the Montauk chair is. You can <laughs> open up, you sit in it, it picks up your thoughts and takes them to the crystals and then the big portal opens A computer, up. then a processor. Yeah. Then apparently an amplifier. Right. Then 
crystals. Yeah. So what did what did Andy do? What was his what was his part in the project? <laughs> my part of the Montauk Chair project was to use my focused visualization skills to think of specific time points in history that were assigned to me. The chair is connected to a sophisticated computer system and thought amplifier. Such that when a thought or time period is visualized, the computer simulates a time portal based on that point in time. A series of time portals are done until a library of time periods and portals are accumulated. Yeah, they're building a library of portals. Yeah. Time portals. Time portals. And when one time I did mushrooms with a kid for his first time when I was like 17. Did you go in a time portal? He couldn't stop yelling about time spirals and spirals through time and time portals. Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. It's no fun. I had to talk him down. Yeah. Yeah. Someone should have talked Andy Parrow down. It's it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> so, some examples of missions that Andy, you know, might have been sent on through these time tunnels. On one occasion, he went back to a prehistoric dinosaur times just to get some soil samples. That's it. That's yeah, good. All right. Yeah, that one's. That's reasonable. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> it's honestly probably what they would do. Yeah. If they could, that's, that's probably right. legitimately as far as it would go. <laughs> yeah. But another time. Andy was involved in something called Project Southern Cross. And you can thank him for helping us win World War II. Project Southern Cross is a great fucking name for a project. Yeah. I love it. All right. What the U.S. government did using time travel was to go back in time to the 1940s to help us win the war. We would deliver communication devices, weapons, and technologies made out of 1940s parts. These would be delivered to the 1940s along with a complete set of drawings on how to make them out of 1940s parts. I took part and stopped saying part. I took part in several of these deliveries. <laughs> One time I was sent to Germany and another time to England. I was not allowed to speak to anyone other than deliver my parcel and quickly return back to our time. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, so he just went back, gave him some plans for some technology, and was like, all right, peace. But he wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. I guess not. He was allowed to spread future technology to the past. Yeah, he just brought the parcel. He's, he's just the little mailman. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah. I mean, okay. So would you rather, Sequoia, take part in helping win World War II or traveling through time to collect Jesus's blood? Oh. <laughs> Listen. How would you get the blood? Poke him. Yeah. Uh, you could just put a bucket under him. It'd be fine. Just be like, hey, you know. man, do you mind if I... Just like tap them. Yeah, like, it. like it's gonna, yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's gonna take them some time to bleed out. Yeah. So you just like go there and let no Roman soldiers watching, you know, just slide a bucket under there. Right. You know, you can time it right so he'd be too weak to yell at you. Right. <laughs> no, but here's, here's the, here's what you gotta do. Go back in time. You can get, you can do both these in one fell swoop. <laughs> <laughs> you go back in time, you get Jesus. Mm-hmm. You get him on the cross, you know, you pull him off the cross. He starts to thank you or something like, don't thank me yet, Jesus. Come yeah. with me. You black bag that fucker. You put him into your time machine. And you take him with you to Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yep. Now you, you pull off the black bag. It's not, you hand him a dynamite vest. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and you tell him to go hug Hitler. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, would, that, that would solve... I don't know what problem. Hey, Jesus, solved, if you really love me, you'll do it. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, Christ, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Apparently, Stuart Swerdlow, he's another former Montauk boy. He did, he tried to collect Jesus's blood. I don't know if he succeeded or not. Hmm. But it was one of his missions. What did they need it for? Yeah. Do you know? No. 
What do you need the blood of Christ for? According to the Catholics, do you do you know about the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation? No. The the wine and the wafer. Oh well, yeah, I know about that. But do you know like the doctrine, the actual like um the the Catholic dogma around that? Like what this is what it is. It's blood and it literally turns into blood and flesh in your stomach. That's literally that's turns into creepy. It's incredibly creepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's super 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 creepy. But that is that is maybe they maybe they've uh evolved their view, but the Catholic fucking doctrine is it literally turns into the body and blood of Christ. Well then. It's weird shit. <laughs> yeah. So in 1983, you know, over at the the Montauk project they're realizing, um, you know, the complexity of time travel and all of the shit that that can cause. Yeah, yeah. They accidentally opened up this two-way wormhole to 1943. Not oh. to two ways, like yeah. Um, yeah, it caused a whole bunch of bullshit relating to the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, you know the yes. ship that went missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the story goes: the ship that was they're involved in time uh, time travel and you know interspatial travel, and uh, a ship got disappeared and. Dude, the crew got fused into the metal and all the shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that conspiracy got wrapped up into this one at some point. So yeah. To like, you know, do some um, retconning. Yeah, because I've I've always I didn't really know anything about the Montauk Project, but I've I've only ever heard it referenced like in close proximity to the Philadelphia experiment. Yeah. 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 So. The operators of the Montauk Project reportedly decided that they're they're going to shut down the operation for good because this is getting messy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, the chair could be used to amplify extremely focused thoughts and create these three-dimensional visualizations based on whoever's sitting in the chair's thoughts, which mm. is how they were going to shut the whole thing down. They're going to have someone sit in the chair and think about something that could come through that hole. Seems like they could just sign a couple papers, but okay. We finally decided we'd had enough of the whole experiment. The contingency program was activated by someone approaching Duncan while he was in the chair and simply whispering, The time is now. At this moment, he let loose a monster from his subconscious. And the transmitter actually portrayed a hairy monster. It was big, hairy, hungry, and nasty. But it didn't appear underground in the null point. It showed up somewhere on the base. It would eat anything it could find. And it smashed everything in sight. Several different people saw it. But almost everyone described a different beast. Well, how about that? That's, I mean, it's fucking cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Really inefficient way to shut down a secret project. So inefficient. Especially if, if it, your monster goes running into the woods and like escapes. Seems like uh, it might cause a few more loose ends. Right. Seems like a great Delta Green scenario. Yes. Holy shit.
So how did Andy recover memories of being a Montauk boy? It all goes back to the rhino balls. Always does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, okay, but I can't just be so pithy about that. That's <laughs> Tell me about the so, rhino balls. Some of his first memories of all of his torture, blah, 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 surfaced when he was living with a roommate in Atlanta, Georgia, back in 1996. Oh, he was doing a lot of drugs. That was a good music scene. So uh, they used to go to the bowling alley a lot. They're hanging out in the alley, and Andy sees this large sign in the shape of a man dressed like a rhino. And it says, bowl with rhino balls. Well, this triggers him. (laughs) PTSD triggers him into remembering that rhino was the name his Nazi handlers called him. Suddenly, another memory surfaces, a flashback of being electrocuted, shocked, screaming in pain. One of his numerous torture sessions. Andy's roommate overheard him say out loud as he's looking at the advertisement. For a bowling ball company. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Rhino. <laughs> they called me Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Bull with Rhino balls. Yeah. So the roommate looks over at Andy with like this grave look and goes, where'd you hear that? And I mean, you know, I'd be concerned. Judging by the roommate's reaction, though, Andy realized that the whole time his roommate was actually one of his hired programmers and handlers. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yep. No, that's not good. Yeah. So after that rhino ball incident, yeah. all the memories just start coming back in a steady stream. And unfortunately for Andy, the roommate who was actually a handler and programmer. Yeah. This roommate had to make sure that Andy didn't remember and was thwarting all of Andy's attempts. Oh no, this isn't good. Yeah. It was like my mind was dammed up and the subconscious memories were starting to leak through. My mind controller programmers deliberately built a wall around my memories so that I wouldn't remember. When I started recalling bits and pieces, I'd write notes to myself and hide them. Then I'd find my notes, after I had forgotten everything because my roommate was catching on to what I was remembering. So he would repeatedly put me into trances, erase my memories, and I'd forget what I had just remembered. Or then everything came crashing down because I deliberately hid notes and pretended that I didn't know to my roommate. I thought he was a friend, and it turned out he was just hired to be another controller and handler to keep me in the program. Yeah. Oh, now I feel bad for Andy. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. That's never good. Yeah. It's really super never good. No, this is really bad. This is very bad. Um... Yeah, so Andy was starting to realize that he couldn't trust anybody. Okay. Yes. See, one method of control used by the program, whatever it is. Yeah. They send in special people to your life. Handlers and controllers who pose as, you know, friends, teachers, roommates, lovers. Yeah. Maybe even people that are like, oh, I can deprogram you. Maybe even the people that claim to be on your side are actually against you. Maybe sure. even that, that bartender or that, that random person in the grocery store, even they yeah. are there to fuck with you. Wow. And guess what? There are even sleeper operatives who don't even know that they're being used to fuck with you. Wow. Yeah, because they too are mind controlled to fuck with you and they don't even know it. Man... Some real schizophrenic shit. This is like yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm just like I, you know, I get paranoid sometimes. Like legitimately. Oh, oh yeah, me too. You know. Oh yeah. Um, totally. I have I have never. Not to this level. No, not even like 
close to this level. At all. Been Good. paranoid about people like in my life being part of some secret program. Except the whole like, am I secretly like, you know. Do my friends really like me? Am I secretly develop me cha- developmentally challenged and everyone's just playing along? <laughs> Do my friends only hang out with me because they feel bad for me? <laughs> I mean, I've gone there for sure. Uh, yeah. Every other day usually, but yeah, no, like that deep suspicion, like the gang stalking shit, never even a, a hint. Like, it's just like, it's hard for me to fathom. It sounds fucking miserable. I think, you know, drugs might have played a role. I mean, they do a lot. I mean, they never really. Who knows? They don't have to, though. Yeah, no, they definitely don't. Without any drugs yeah. at all. I mean, if you're, if you're on speed, like not sleeping all the time, like, yeah, that can like cause that. But like, even like psychedelics are only going to awaken latent issues right. with that rather so if than cause them. Born in 1969. How old was he in 1996? Uh, no, 27. Okay. Yeah, 27. Yeah, per prime, prime drug age. It's a little. It's only like six years too late to be like average schizophrenia right. uh, time for dudes. But like that doesn't have to be schizophrenia. Like other um, Could mental be illnesses. Bipolar would, psychosis. Right, right, right. There's other types of psychosis. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, I just don't, I always feel fucking bad for for people experiencing the gang stalking shit. Oh, totally. Like it because it means that you are constantly a victim in every single scenario. You don't even feel safe at home. You feel like, oh, they've bugged the place. You know, there is no area in your life in which you feel safe, not even in your mind, because they can read your thoughts, too. You know, yeah, like it's just literally the fucking worst way to live a life. Yeah. I mean, I I, was completely trapped, watched. I hear that because I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm cursed by the planets, but yeah. (laughs) So in in this way, I do feel empathy for Andy for, you know, going through this shit. But then it causes him to just behave in really harmful ways to other people. Right, right, right. So after beginning to recover his memories in 1996, Andy found himself in contact with Preston Nichols, the main author of the Project Montauk books. Oh, no. You know, along with the other co-authors. Yeah, Moon, the right, right. Yeah. Uh, Preston Nichols, the spam-scented man who blew the entire lid off of what had really gone on at Camp Hero. Yes. There's this one article I found talking about how his apartment's just full of spam cans. Of course it is. Yeah. Have you ever eaten spam? No. Me neither. I would eat it fried on sushi. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> spam sushi? It's a thing. It's not a thing. It is. I refuse to believe it. It's a big thing in Hawaii for sure. Spam's big over there. It's true. Put it on some sushi. I think I would eat it like that. I'd try it like that. I don't like ham though. So that's the thing. Why would I like imitation ham? You wouldn't. If I don't like real ham. It's disgusting. Yeah. I, I tried to go to the Spam Museum once. Oh. Was that the Spam Factory? Oh. He opened the doors of our car. This is in um, fucking- Did you immediately close them? Yes. Yes? Yes. It stunk. The air was thick. Stanky. Thick with the scent of Spam. Oh, Spam. Truly air. the most horrible, disgusting- We literally opened the doors of our car. This is on a road trip well, like, across you know the country. Preston we just Nichols- fucking shut them and we're like, nope, we can't do it. Yeah. Rest in peace. <sighs> yeah, so- There were houses next to the parking lot. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, Preston Nichols was um, no stranger to going on speaking tours and, you know, informing members of the audience that, oh, you are actually a Montauk boy. Don't you recognize me? I recognize you. And, oh, I, mm. I could help you program you through uh, mutual masturbation. Let me just just. Uh, I was about to say this band's a fucking creep and then you confirmed it. Yes. 
Yeah, big, big. Wow, what a fucking creep. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so in 1998, two years after Andy began to recover his memories, (laughs) Andy joined Preston Nichols as a special guest at this event to speak to the audience about his own experiences as a Montauk boy. Oh, boy. And who was in the audience at that 1998 talk? Who? Eve Lorgan. God damn it. Yes. Yes. (sighs) And again, for those who aren't familiar... We did an episode on her. We already mentioned it. You know. Yeah. She's that abductee researcher. Yeah. She was very interested to talk to Andy after hearing him speak. Yeah. And, you know, with uh, with Eve's research focusing a lot on romantic relationships, alien love bites, you know? Yes. Andy opened up to her about his recent slew of ex-girlfriends, you know, the ones who he uh, believed to be mind-controlled sleeper agents. Yep. Yeah. So, um, of Andy, this is this is what Eve writes about him. Every one of Andy's relationships that were bad relationships were deliberate setups to steer Andy off course from his recent breaking of programming. I was impressed with Andy's candor and his strong-willed survivor spirit. Andy was also good-looking, quite muscular, and strong physically. He was confident, almost too much so, but that was also part of his programming, to be a fearless warrior who will stop at nothing to accomplish his missions. Well, now his mission was to go public, expose the enemy, and take them all down. At least, that is what he's... That is what he wanted to do until a series of reprisals occurred. He's strong. He's muscular. (laughs) God damn it. So, yeah, here Andy is. He's trying to be brave and, you know, go public, expose the Nazi Illuminati reptilian agenda. And like we haven't even touched on the alien aspect of any of this. Yeah, I wish you'd get to the true part. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, throughout this whole process, he's always taken two steps forward, one step back. You know, he's, like, writing out the notes and his roommate's getting rid of him. Yeah. Wiping his memory. And he can never catch a break. So. Hear that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Andy went on a show called Beyond the Unexplained with Janet Russell, where he did a, in Eve's words, a successful butt-kicking interview that spilled major beans. Oh, Eve, stop. Click the link. <laughs> Major beans, come on now. Why'd you spill your beans, Tommy? too many beans i have to see the lighthouse huh yes that fucking pause on that shot with the stairwell oh it's fucking creepy yeah i mean that's just a that's a beautiful beautiful shot yeah yeah it's about two isolated lonely men lying to themselves hell you know crazy in a fucking cabin in the middle of nowhere we've all been there yeah I might be so fatalistic today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Andy spilled way too many beans. Mm. The day after the appearance on that show, Beyond the Unexplained, um, some agents tried to kidnap and kill Andy, but they were unsuccessful. No oh, good, good, Because he's so, so fucking badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andy began doing a lot of self-healing work, you know? Uh, he was trying to purify his physical system from the the various poisons he believed were aiding in the mind control state. Uh, like 
there were microscopic nanites in his blood and he had to eliminate them via a blood cleansing device. I'm pretty sure he's he was bloodletting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he he was yeah. I don't know what a blood cleansing device means, but it sounds not good. Oh, it doesn't sound good, especially not a homemade DIY blood cleansing device. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So let's hear about some of the more awesome stuff Andy did. Like not not the bloodletting. Well, oh though, actually, so check this out. There is a um There are nanites in your blood. No, there is a treatment. This is do you remember? Do you remember when fucking Donald Trump was talking about uh using UV light to purify the blood? To treat COVID. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. So th- both of these things do come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There's a treatment for certain um, types of blood infections, I believe, where what they do is they have a UV filter mm-hmm. and they just cycle, cycle your blood fl- through Back it. Back into you? Yeah. Yeah, cool. They do it in a hospital, though. It's all like sterile and stuff. I safe. wonder what he was doing. I don't know. <laughs> I really wonder. I don't think it was that. I... We'll never know, but I I really wonder. And normally I'd say he just read about that and brought it into his story, but he sounds... He sounds crazy enough. Sounds like he'd do some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Did Preston Nichols build him a blood filter? God. (laughs) Oh, that's a horrible sentence. (laughs) (laughs) A spam filter. Oh, it just runs through the spam. Yes. There's enough salt in there to purify it. It's true. Holy shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, Andy, um, he also retrieved a bunch of, like, UFO crashes and parts of, like, UFOs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But even more awesome than that. Guess what? What? He got to demonstrate his badass combat skills to Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell? Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. Who's writing this? Is this Uh, Eve? Yes, this is Eve writing about Andy. Adolf, his Nazi handler took Andy to a demonstration for a Hollywood producer and a few actors while making the movie Soldier, starring Kurt Russell. His handlers drove him out on a dark, warm, tropical night one evening on a, on a back road, perhaps somewhere in Southern California. Andy was entranced the whole time and was instructed to give a demonstration of his super-soldier abilities. Adolf commanded Andy to do something impressive for Kurt Russell and the other actors. <laughs> do, some, do something cool for Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Andy went over to a nearby fence alongside the road and kicked and smashed it in <laughs> you want to see something cool i'm gonna smash this fence with my foot go beat up that fence for kurt russell yes <laughs> one of the men present snickered making a snide comment that this was nothing so andy went over to one of the men the men's parked cars picked the vehicle up and flipped it over the owner of the car ran towards andy yelling at him to stop then andy grabbed the guy up and threw him against the fence messing him up badly yeah Good. Oh, you don't think that's cool? Then I'm going to flip your car over. And that man was Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the Illuminati wanted to recruit Andy. Oh, the Illuminati. Yes. They wanted him to become a breeder for them because, you know, of how awesome his genetics are. He. They even called him their Illuminati golden boy. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, please click that link that I have right there. You're my, you're my Illuminati golden boy. Golden boy, born to love and live for joy. I'm a golden boy. Golden boy, born to love and live for joy. I'm a golden, golden, golden boy. <laughs> He's a golden boy. He's a golden boy. This music video looks like what Project Monarch sounds like. 
Yes. He's a golden boy, born to love. Yeah. Um, so they kept trying to bribe Andy into being their little golden boy. Yeah, yeah. Becoming a breeder for them, but Andy refused. Um, when Eve asked him what he thinks the greatest threat to the Illuminati is, he answered, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, hear that? you hear that? You non-believers out there? You hear that? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, the aliens. I think it's time we get into that. Yes. We gotta talk about Please. Andy and the aliens. Okay. So, one time... Adolf brought Andy into a room with five greys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were there to reinforce his mind control programming because Andy was like, he was one of the more resistant slaves. So obviously he needed reprogramming and the greys were going to make him more obedient. How? Mm. Well, they they just kept telepathically beaming to him. You will obey. But Andy kept screaming back, knock it off. I'll kill you. And the aliens just kept trying to, like, beam obedience into his mind. Okay. But Andy wasn't having it. He, again, he was like, stop it. I'm going to kill you. And then he focused all of his telekinetic psi ability to to throw the commanding alien against the wall, splitting its head open, which revealed a, a whitish gray liquid with greenish blood. And he called it alien gray split pea soup and then all the aliens scrambled to get out of the room and andy was howling i don't care i'm indestructible and it was so cool hell yeah yeah that's his this is so believable and cool yeah i mean you know it's it's cooler it is (laughs) it's cooler than some of the other So on another occasion, Andy was visiting a group of high level Illuminati, like higher ups, I guess. I don't know. They were um, they were actually shape shifting reptilians, though. Sure. Yeah. And they were convening in an underground base near Rochester, New York. Um, I'll I'll believe it. Upstate New York's fucked up. Yeah. There's a there's a large conference room and a, a long, dark wooden conference table and a bunch of tall chairs and a group of tall Aryan looking he says it's just an interesting way to describe a person. I mean, like, I guess I know what he means. Max Headroom. Yeah. That fucking. Yeah. You know, that Nazi haircut. Yeah. Certain look. It's the dude on the Nazi propaganda posters. Right. right? That square jawed, blue eyed, blonde hair. Right. So there are a bunch of older Aryan looking guys who are having drinks. Toe headed. Yes. (laughs) Jar heads. Jar heads. One of the men walked over to Andy and uh, his human image phased out. Like, like Andy's frequency is so high, his vibe is so good that it caused an energetic interference. Yeah. With this being's like holographic image, with its fake appearance. Yeah. And then Andy saw the creature as as he actually was. You know. Yeah. But then he quickly, you know, adjusted some shit on his belt the creature did which uh turned him back into a human and and then back again into a seven foot tall 450 pound lizard man so it's just it's just bzz, 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 yeah uh, yeah so going in and out yeah so he's like showing andy what he can do he's gotta like roll up some tinfoil stick it up his ass get better signal yeah also the chairs around the conference table had a slit like on the seat mm. and it was like a double cheeked seat mm. like two seats side by side with a hole in the middle mm. 
It's for the tails. It's for the tails. Yeah, it's for the little tail to slip through. Interesting. Yep. I thought it was to play with the cloaca. Oh, yeah. They could lay <laughs> eggs, too. That'd be, that'd be cool. Just a bunch of a bunch of reptiles laying eggs while having a conference. The uh, the word cloaca came up in a conversation the other day with the, with the girl I was talking to. And um, she said it's a gross word. And I... It's not a gross word. It's a gross thing. She said it's a gross. It's a gross word. Um, and I, and I said, well, it's kind of a gross thing. Um, it's kind of like some sort of sick onomatopoeia. <laughs> Never talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't want to talk about cloacas anymore. Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Yeah. So on another occasion, Andy was introduced to um, another reptilian. Andy's taken to a private room in some sort of underground facility and, uh, like, this is weird. The reptilian invites Andy to to his private quarters, which apparently look like a fancy hotel room where they're, like, gonna have dinner together. Like, does this reptilian ask Andy, like, do you want to go back to my room? Like, what happened here? Because apparently Andy goes. Um, <laughs> I mean... Even just a simple, we should talk in private type of yeah. thing probably work, you know? Yeah, come back to my room. It doesn't have to be that. It doesn't. I like to imagine that it is that. I mean, probably, but... Could be. Benefit of the doubt. So Andy thinks that this whole situation was designed to test out his reaction to, you know, a horrific event. Sure. Because when they get to the room, um, you know, a servant rolls in this large silver cart... You know, like a hotel service, room service with the food on it, all the trays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The reptilian opens up the tray to expose four to five human babies. They're alive and they're crying. Mm. And Andy watches in horror as the reptilian takes a huge bite out of one of the babies, splitting it in half. So then Andy tries to obviously run away, but the the reptilian grabs him, but Andy escapes, and then he gets zapped and knocked out. Hmm. Yeah, he watched somebody baby, reptile baby. Man. Uh, I know. Yeah. Yep. That's what this that's what this episode is. That's what we're doing here, folks. Yeah. Okay. That's what you came here for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, I I got some thoughts, but I'm gonna wait till till the end. There's there's definitely yeah yeah. So at some point in 1998, Andy um went to the chiropractor. I don't know if he came up with some excuse to go there or if he like was actually scheduled to go there for by his doctor or what. He but found out where she worked and went there. Yeah, one of his ex girlfriends worked there. This ex girlfriend he claims was. One of the the presidential models, you know, like Kathy oh, O'Brien was. Yeah, the mon- monarch. Yeah. Yeah, a monarch program, mind controlled operative. The presidential model. Yeah, who's designed to fuck presidents? You know, they're like the the high class sex slaves. Right. Yeah. So, Andy was actually trying to stay away from this ex girlfriend, but you know, he was just there trying to get his chiropractic treatment. I swear, he really was. When the ex girlfriend apparently spoke uh, some of his trigger activation phrases out loud which elicited a preconditioned rageful response from andy uh, you know this angry outburst at her place of work and yeah she she filed a complaint with the police about this mm. but it's not his fault yes it is he was conditioned you know <sighs> she's a handler it's all her fault she was conditioned by 
being an emotional pain from a relationship ending that he, he probably caused because he's fucking crazy. Yeah. And can't fix his shit. Exactly. She probably said one of her turns of phrases, idiosyncratic things that people say. We all have them. Mm-hmm. That's probably, and he just flew into a fucking rage because he thought he was targeted. Oh, yeah. But he's come talk to this whole fucking story. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> then um, in September 1998, the same year, Andy gets arrested in his New Jersey home by local police at the instigation of the FBI, aided by the complaint from his quote unquote vengeful ex-girlfriend. Scared yeah. ex-girlfriend. Yeah, they had a court order to confiscate his handgun. <laughs> uh, apparently, there was a discrepancy on the status of Andy's firearm, and he got into an argument with the police who, you know, decided we have to arrest you now. You know, you're you're resisting arrest. You're trying to be abusive uh, and uncooperative towards us now. A discrepancy on the status of Andy's firearm. As in, like, is this a legal firearm? No, a discrepancy on a firearm means that's an illegal gun. Yeah. There's no discrepancies. Yeah. Right. And I, too, might be a little scared. That's a gun with a serial number filed off. Yes. Yeah. So Andy then ended up being sent to a mental institute where he spent several weeks trying to extricate himself. Mm -hmm. Luckily, he maybe unluckily, Andy was released from the hospital and determined to be sane. Oh, yes. His paranoia grew. And his once locked away memories continued to tumble forth. Man. So Eve Lorgan's still talking with Andy at this point. Yeah. Like they're still chatting with each other. And um, he discloses to her that he had been planning to do a radio interview for this show Night Search. Yeah. But due to a series of abductions and reptilian assaults and threats to his quote unquote future wife and son that he hasn't met yet. Okay. Um, he chose to not do the radio show okay yes uh andy had a somewhat of like a total recall phase right and and he realized that he had a special soulmate that he was bonded to a woman who would become his future wife and and he had an eight-year-old son with this woman and and his abductors were using this knowledge against him so that he wouldn't go public or else his, his future wife and son would be killed because if they kill this woman then he'll never get to have his eight-year-old son with her so they're gonna do it and he'll never get to love her yeah but andy loved his future wife and son so much and this was the final straw that silenced him from exposing his full story um eve expressed some doubts about the wife and son mm. this is where thank you draw god. the line eve. i mean but still thank god she expresses doubts yeah um yeah, Andy insisted that, 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 no, this woman's definitely real. They live in some underground base somewhere. If she had kept encouraging this, I'd have to go burn her house down. Yeah. Is she dead? Eve? Yeah. I don't think so. So she has a house. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's still got a website that has crazy shit on it, talking about how how reptilian parasites can be passed through sex. <sighs> yeah. After the spring of 1999, Andy traveled to Arizona, um... He got involved in some unknown cult. I don't know what one, but he wanted to stay hidden out of the system, maybe. I don't know. He traveled Mm. then out of the country to Korea, Nepal, Tibet. I wish we knew what cult. Kathmandu. Yeah, I wish too. Yeah, so he went on his little travel trip with the cult, and then I guess he ran out of money. 
Yeah. Because he returned to the United States and went to New Jersey to ask for money from his family, which resulted in another unfortunate incident. Uh, his family refused to give him money, so he kind of just like took what he needed by force. Oh. And he was charged with assault, robbery, and kidnapping, I think. Let's see. Let's open up this court report. Yeah. Yeah, so this motherfucker, he got indicted by a grand jury for first-degree kidnapping, first-degree armed robbery, second-degree aggravated assault, third-degree theft of movable property, automobile, third-degree unlawful possession of a weapon, knife, and third-degree possession of a weapon, knife, for unlawful purpose. Yeah, his his mother's testimony is in here. Oh, okay, yeah. He assaulted his mom, forced her to drive him to her bank to cash a check. Mm -hmm. So in her statement, Eleanor said that she was 58 years old, She was sitting at her dining room table having breakfast when Andy, the defendant, walked up to her, put his face directly in front of her face, then grabbed her robe, picked her up, threw her onto the floor. While she was on the floor, defendant grabbed her three to four times, pulling her up and throwing her down again, kicked her all over her body. And then poked her with a four to five inch kitchen knife, putting the knife on her ribs, in the center of her chest, in one of her nostrils. What the fuck? Then choked her with his hands. The assault lasted 15 to 20 minutes. And during the attack, he was making delusional remarks, saying that he didn't want to come back and live in the house because they had video bugs to watch him. Eleanor also explained that her son believed the FBI wanted to clone him for his DNA because he has superpowers. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, The defendant asked her how much cash she had on her. She told him how much she had and gave it to him. He then asked how much money she had in her checking account and told her to get dressed. He wanted her to drive to the bank and cash a check. Pretty sure uh, a a very uncomfortable scene in the third season of Twin Peaks is, is based exactly off this. After Eleanor told the defendant she had $2,500 in the bank, he told her to write a check for $2,000. Wow, how generous. Yeah, how fucking generous. Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm trying to think of a reason to let you live. Fuck you. Fuck you, Superman. Yeah. Eleanor continued in her statement that the defendant escorted her to the bedroom where he ripped a phone cord out of the wall and left her alone to change. He went downstairs to disable the kitchen phone as well. After finishing dressing, Eleanor made out a check for $2,000 and defendant told her to get in the car and drive. She was taken under duress. She drove to her bank's drive through and cashed the check and handed the defendant the $2,000. A bank employee later verified this transaction. Eleanor said that she then left the bank and drove on Main Street, pulled over and jumped from the car because... Quote, it was my best chance to free myself. There were a lot of people around, and I wasn't going to go back to the house with him. Then she ran into the post office, and the defendant drove away. That's so fucked up and sad, man. It's incredibly fucked up. Yeah, she had to go to the hospital. Uh, She had blurry vision. Yeah. What a fucking stupid piece of shit. An incredible piece of shit. Yeah, I'm really glad that, like, I don't approve of jails and like the prison system no but this fucker does should not be (laughs) in society um rare cases i'll go to bat for frontier justice yeah might be one of them (laughs) like what happened that he went so delusionally crazy 
I, be drugs. That that one makes me does make me think drugs. It's such an obvious sense of entitlement too to be like drive me to the bank, give me your money. Oh, it's, like, I mean it's awful. It's just yeah. such a it's an unspeakably awful thing to do to your fucking mother. I, just, I have no words for that. Yeah, and you know what's even worse? That after no, during during this trial. During the trial. During the trial on examination by the state Eleanor, his mom, admitted that after this event, she wrote Andy numerous letters asking him whether or not she should testify, saying that she would help him formulate a plan to deal with his case and that she wouldn't testify. She would do whatever was necessary to help them. Uh, She just wanted all this to end and wanted to start over with him. Yeah, she did. She even offered to pay for a lawyer to represent him and sent him money to pay for his trial exhibits. Of course she of course she did. And guess what? He refused all of his mother's attempts to communicate with him, even though she was just trying to help him and probably really loved him. I feel so bad for that woman. My God. Yeah. That's heart. That's heartbreaking. Even at the trial, his mom was downplaying the incident. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's oof. Wow. I took a turn. Yeah, like she was still, she was trying to go to bat for her son. Yeah. Like at the trial, even though he had fucking, like, he would have probably fucking murdered her. He did murder someone, so he's capable of it. No, yeah, that's where you're about to get to that. So. (sighs) And he was found, he was found guilty. Yes. Okay. But then evidently he, uh, he got out at some point. Yeah. Because, yeah, so in 2020, um, Andy decided that he was going to move to the Richardson area of Texas. He was hoping to reconnect with a woman that he had known in college. Wow, that's what he looks like. Holy shit. Yeah. And this woman had actually warned the police six months prior that she was scared of this man. Oh, no. So he moves to her town. And you know what fucking sucks? There's a horror movie about this, too, called Resurrection. That's terrifying. Really? Yeah. When you're you know, stalker, abuser, what have you, like moves into your town and just, you know, decides to go to the grocery store at the same time as you. Mm -mm. There's nothing illegal about that. Mm -mm. You can't call the cops on someone for that. Nope. But that's definitely a pointed action to make you uncomfortable and feel unsafe. But what are you going to do? Start freaking out in the grocery store? Yep. You're going to look like a crazy person, so you can't do that. So they just, you know... Move into your your residence, your place where you feel comfortable and make you feel unsafe in the town that you live. Um, just anyone listening. It's really terrifying. I won't think you're a crazy person if you tell me that. Yeah, no. You know? <laughs> I will believe you. Yeah, we'll believe yeah. you. Yeah, so he moved to, to her area hoping to reconnect with her. And he did. He did reconnect with her by stabbing her to death. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, Dr. Kara Ann Bonowitz was found dead. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he was taken into custody and arrested. She just fucking killed this woman. He just got obsessed with the woman yeah, he used to Yeah, another one of his exes, you know, that, pro- you know, oh, she was one of my handlers, blah, 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 probably. I can't, it doesn't say any details. It doesn't like say that. anything about that. I can't find yeah. any further details into it, but you have to imagine, you know. I, I've been trying to fig- figure out if I think... That this dude's delusions come in the present or if there's something he tells himself afterwards. He's 
a master at rewriting his own memories. Like all that shit about how he didn't he didn't remember that stuff about the two men coming to his uh, sports games. Yeah. Telling him you'll work for us someday. He only remembered that when he started, quote unquote, recovering his suppressed memories. And I mean, he wasn't. When he started like, hanging out with Preston Nichols, when he started going into the conspiracy circuit. Yeah. I mean, this dude, like, it's not like he was a Preston Nichols who was like, right. He wasn't like writing books and like getting paid, right? He, he wrote one really shitty self-published book called Project Superman that is sure. practically unreadable. Okay, yeah, sure. so he's not... But he did like a couple of articles with Eve Lorgan. He went to a few speaking events. You wouldn't call this man a grifter. Just... No. No, yeah, exactly. He fully believes his lies. Sure, okay. Yeah, like he's not like doing a con job where he's getting people to give him a bunch of money and then he turns it and they murder someone like um, fucking NLP dude, Richard Bandler. Yeah. Right, like this... Yeah. Yeah. He had to kidnap his mom for 2,000 bucks. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so he's in jail currently, apparently? Yeah, and I hope he stays there. Yeah. Fucking A. Like, I think that this is... His story is actually really perfect for the Eight of Cups reverse because it is, like, it's... Yeah, no, I I agree. Instead of going on a spiritual journey and applying meaning to his past and, you know, like, moving forward... He's so, he keeps going back there. He keeps going back to the past, rewriting it and making it worse every single time, making it worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I mean. on the worst things. What he's, I mean, the Eight of Cups is about walking away from something that you're bored with, that no longer serves you. That's where the indolence comes from. Yeah. The walking away isn't a bad thing in the Eight of Cups. It's just what you're doing. It's just, yeah. you got. Um, Instead, the, he's obsessed. Right. The, and the dark side, the dark side of the Eight of Cups or the reverse side is that is is walking away from something you shouldn't <clears throat> right. walk away from. In this case, past traumas. Um, the truth. The, the truth. Um, mental illness. Right. Right. Because the Eight of Cups, it's definitely a card about journey and escapism, but he's escaping in the wrong way. Yes. Like he's escaping into this fantasy world where he's a superhero and everyone's out to get him. Like some sometimes you need to walk away from your past. Sometimes you need to walk away from the um your your the, the baggage you've carried that no longer serves you. Yeah. Right? Like sometimes you do. He can't accept right. his baggage, so he can't let go of it. Sometimes he, he refuses to even admit that it's there. I've been doing a lot of um, I bought a foam roller, a really heavy duty foam roller. It's like a thing you use to de-stress yourself. Yeah. Realized my entire body is one giant muscle knot. And like the, both the psychological reasons and like I also fell out of a fucking tree when I was young and just like really fucked up, my, fucked myself up. Yeah. My whole body's a fucking knot. Yeah. And I've been like, I've been foam rolling like a bastard and like putting it, that shit puts a ton of pressure on your, your trigger points on muscle tension. Oh yes. And, I, and like, oh, it's rough at first. You got to do it. Eventually, you know, it goes away. Like what I'd been doing, which was ruining my life further, was like not acknowledging that. And it gets worse. You start losing mobility. You start. The problem gets worse. And it happens mentally as well. It does. It absolutely does. And one thing that like I kept thinking about is like, yeah, no, I've never had like targeted individual delusions and shit. But I get the crazy brain from time to time. Oh, yeah. A lot of us do. It's fine. Um, Uh, Those people are laughing at me. Yeah, sure. You don't know if they are. They're probably not. Again, you know, I've got the old OCD brain, which gets latched onto fucking things. And like, you start creating stories in your head and stuff. And all of a sudden, building up these expectations, these plot lines, they can become shattering when they turn out to be true. And like, even um, 
uh, when we were talking about the, the blood filter thing, you know, yes. one thing that like I've always struggled with is like when I get on like health kicks or something, I'm never sure if I'm taking my vitamins because they're good for me or if it's another fucking OCD thing. You know what I mean? Like this is the magic thing that'll fix it. This is the fucking, mm-hmm. I have to do this for some delusional reason to do this shit. A nice trick with that is if you can just like continue to obsess about vitamin D, like you're going to be better off in the wrong run, <laughs> in the long yeah. run. Well, it's like um, vitamins are good for you anyway. In, in, Even if in it the right amount. do anything. I mean, they, 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 they do. That's, that's a fucking myth. Uh, they said that vitamin C mostly gets pissed out. So like mm-hmm. you, that's why the, it's the mega dose of vitamin C to get like the actual vitamin. They absolutely do things. It's silly. I'm a big vitamin guy. <laughs> but yeah, no, it just, it really seems to me like this dude just got, and mental illness doesn't excuse someone from being a piece of shit. Oh no. Right. Like you can be a piece of shit and have mental illness. Right. That's entirely possible. And usually it works out pretty like, bad because you don't self-examine. That's the thing. I can just imagine what the other people in Andy's life would have to say about him. Yeah. Stories about him from his ex's perspective. In the chiropractic office, like, how do you think that scene really played out? Bad. Yeah. Real like, fucking probably bad. Probably really scary. Yes. You know, especially with the unregistered gun and everything. Yeah, dude, and dude's a fucking maniac. Claims to be a victim. Yeah. Dude's an absolute fucking broken maniac. Yeah. Um, who just and from he a- cannot very- take any accountability for anything he's done wrong. Right. Or anything he's embarrassed about, even the stutter. Yeah. You know, he can't even own up to that. I mean, it seems like like there's, there's a thing with people- some some people like to tell themselves grand grand stories. Yeah. They like to live in a fucking fantasy world. I'm one of them. One of my favorite people, Jack Parsons, was another one. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between people like Jack Parsons and people like this dude. Yeah. Self-examination is is what that difference is. Yeah. Like being able to understand that you have fucking faults mm-hmm. and putting pressure on those trigger points and shit. Yeah. This dude thinks he's very, very special. Project Superman. He's fucking Superman. And like- you know, a lot of people have fucking issues with feeling, you know, uh, in it's not inadequate in in um, in inferior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've and it's tough. Uh, and some people like this guy, instead of like actually dealing with that and realizing, I don't know, like we're all inferior, we're all fucking ants in the cosmic dance. Yeah. Uh, they they go this fucking crazy route, and it turns bad. And it's literally the same story as Richard Bandler. Yeah, it, right. It, it's literally the, the same, except he Andy didn't get paid. I'm thinking of True Detective. Surely it's all for me. Yeah, I'm so fucking important. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, it's that type of mindset. Oh, I, I did, I did come to a conclusion on that whole question. Uh, I am Russ Cole, and you are Marty Hart. Yeah, that's just that's just it how just it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking a. It's, it's, I've been, this is like stuff I've been holding in all episode. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, let it Um, out. Let it out. Like it's this other thing of this fucking need to live in a fucking comic book. Yeah. Like what the fuck is that? Why? Like what is so goddamn broken about our society that that's, that's where our crazy people go. You know, like, they want to live in fantasy. Like, and, and especially they with really like- cannot admit the truth of their own lives to themselves. And like people like Eve Lorgan, who who buy into this shit without like examining it critically and, and shit. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? Because like, there's all these fucking- They've shut it off. There's the thing that like people who aren't into like, say the paranormal or the fringe stuff don't get is that there's the bullshit. Then there's 
the things that have happened that are really very strange. Yeah. Right. And like with like aliens, for example, like the the real like, you know, more credible or like the deeper lore about encounters with odd entities are so much more impossibly strange than any of this bullshit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's always the fucking greys. The fucking reptilian. Yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, there's some, there's some, something to be said about the archetype of the greys for sure. Yeah, for sure. But let's see some variety. Please. Let's see some variety, and like, you know, it's not gonna be this fucking Star Wars ass, Jason Shirka ass fucking comic book bullshit. Yeah, that's just not reality. No, I don't know. Like it, I wonder like how much of, like how how much of dudes like Andy Perro is just like an unhealthy reaction to an unhealthy society like how much of the the program the they does he just is he just using a fucking you know when he's a kid before he turned into a fucking psychopath um is this just a a metaphor for the broader societal uh, operating system yeah right? well think about like the character of clark kent and superman like superman lives a double life yeah people don't know that superman is superman people don't know that andy paro is actually you know this genetically modified enhanced awesome illuminati golden boy yeah you know to everybody else he's probably just like some fuck up crazy dude but in his mind in the fantasy of his mind he can feel the safety of knowing that he has like this alternate identity like superman yeah and i mean like and but nobody it, can know this has been said about superman different movies i think this is like one of the <laughs> one of kevin smith's rare moments of genius i believe it was in uh, movie of his like talking about how Superman's actually like a really interesting superhero yeah. because his real self is Superman. Clark yeah. Kent's the fake version. Whereas with Bruce Wayne, for example, Batman, Bruce Wayne's the guy. Yeah. He becomes Batman. Right. Spider-Man is Clark, uh, not Clark Kent, Peter Parker. He becomes Spider-Man and so on right. and so on. Superman, Superman is Superman. Yes. And he's super because he comes from somewhere else. Yeah. He has to put on the Clark Kent disguise and fake it with the with the normies. Yeah. And and that's really just sort of telling about like Andy Perro's mindset. And conception of himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. Dude just should have it's, it's really a sick mindset. Like, it, it's, it's a literally sick mindset. To live in denial is really, really bad for you. You have to accept shit. Because you have to imagine that the thing that set him off is when he looks in his mother's eyes and he knows that she knows that he's full of shit and he knows that he's full of shit. And when she looks at him like that, it makes him feel fucking awful and it makes it hard to ignore the fantasy and he can't have that. So the programming lashes out. The programming. One of the most effective like sort of self-mind control techniques, and I'm not talking out of my ass here, like anyone will tell you this, anyone when you feel an uncomfortable emotion, sadness, anger, any of that, just focus on what it feels like. Mm -hmm. What it feels like physically, where it is in your body. Focus on the physical feelings. Yeah. And it will just disappear. It will melt. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's If you try to fight it, you'll get more angry, more sad, more everything. Like that's, that's how it works. And uh, I can't, like this one's tough because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And also I see it as a very clear He's a sick piece of shit. He's a sick piece of so shit, but it's a demonstration of the societal sickness as well. There's, you know. there's probably people that you could think about in your own life that you know that aren't a full-blown Andy Paro, but maybe they've, you know, they've gone the first step up the staircase 
towards becoming an Andy Paro. Like, there's definitely warning signs along the way for when people are starting to inch towards yeah. this type of thinking. Well, I mean, it, it, it spins me up so much because I know what that staircase looks like. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's the thing. Like, oh, I've been up more steps than I'd like to admit. <laughs> sure. But, like, I think we both know how to not, how to walk back down. Yep. How to realize, oh, we're not going the right way. Yeah. You know, maybe it takes friends. It does. You know, maybe he's just an asshole and doesn't have any. Well, I imagine when you accuse all of your friends of being handlers <laughs> yeah, and programmers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being be Nazi agents to, and shit, yeah. Probably hard to keep them around. Probably a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Is that his fault? You know what I mean? It's it's right. How would how do you feel safe with anyone? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one. It is. But fuck that dude. I don't know. Like yeah, I can't not say that. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, not your fault, but it's yeah. responsibility. The thing is, like, you don't get a lot of information from the other side of Andy Perro. Right. All I have to go on is like. Eve Lorgan. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. his own little book on that's on Bibliotheca Pleiades. And yeah. that's about it. That's about all the information there is on him, plus some some court documents. Yeah. And that's that's the Andy Perro story, you know? But you, what you don't get is stories from his coworkers. Right. You know? Right. Stories from his ex-girlfriends, from their perspectives. And, you know, and there was a second... It was a second thing in there that I didn't say anything about, but it was also like, oh yeah, the writers of Mass Effect definitely read all about the Montauk people and shit. Yeah. Um, and you know, media, even real fringe ass shit like this, does get into circulation. It does have an impact. Oh yeah. And I, I really like. I don't understand. Like, why is that on Bibliotheca Pleiades? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, why is Eve Lorgan like printing this shit? Why can't anyone fucking tell? Yeah, to, what the hell's, to me, I, Andy Perro is obviously a sick, delusional man. We are and, two idiots in a fucking right. swamp. And I do believe that crazy, weird shit happens yes. to people. Like, I don't not believe that. I just don't believe him because this has all of the, the earmarks of just a, a delusional, yeah. ill person. Yeah, and it, just because some things are fucking weird, just because weird shit happens doesn't mean that it's all true. Yeah. Like... And, and that's like, to me, that's just the most basic part of critical thinking. Well, the people who want to believe this is true are the people who want to believe that, oh, maybe I'm actually a superhero too. Yeah, I want to believe that too. Maybe I was I was special and chosen for programming. Maybe, you know, maybe all those times that I was pulled away from class to, to do the speech pathology, you know, special thing for an hour. Yeah. That was actually... They were actually testing me because I'm genius. I have genius abilities. I wasn't. They made me you know. use this fucking lime green see-through ass, like old fucking like one of those weird Macs that sat on the desk. That was just a monitor with the back of the thing that was kind of like the see-through green plastic. It looked like that. It was a typing computer because my handwriting was so fucking bad that no one could read it. Yeah. And it was me and the and the uh, extremely autistic kid. Uh, with the the biggest glasses I've ever seen in my life, they're actually pretty cool. It's like what that was a fucking look, dude. Everyone loved him. He was having a great time. Um, we just like no one could read our handwriting. I've I've gotten better at it by like consciously practicing and like using it as a meditative exercise. I've gotten a lot better. But yeah, uh, feeling a fucking to rewrite inferior. that memory, like to rewrite that memory and say, oh no, I was actually like they were taking me out of class to you know test my. 
my superhuman abilities because I was actually really, really gifted. And to rewrite those memories where you felt inferior and you felt different and to say, oh, no, I was actually awesome and gifted. It's like you don't need to do that. No, I like <laughs> nobody needs to do that. It's I, okay. I think faster than anything can catch up with. The rest of my body can catch up with. Right. It doesn't mean I'm right though. Yeah. You know what I mean? I come to a lot of wrong conclusions very quickly. Right? right? Like I like and I I struggle with deep feelings of inferiority and shit and it's that's what makes the little spite and rage engine that could that that's why keeps we this, this podcast pod- going. Yeah, that's why you we know? this podcast. I, do, I am a machine that runs off spite and rage. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. The angry, vengeful god of winter. Yes. Everything in Capricorn. Yep. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, I don't know. I don't, I wish, I, I almost wish I could reframe it in this delusion of grandeur instead yeah. of like a delusion of inferiority. No, but, because like you can tell that it really creates like this split. Yeah. Yeah can justify the most horrid of actions because in your mind you're doing the right thing. Like when you're kicking your mom, it's because she's actually in on it. I I also think that sometimes we lose what people say is going on in their mind in the afterwards is not always the what was going on in their mind then. And they're not always sure. They don't always know that either. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's like the the actions we take in the world and the inner life are two very different things. And like mm-hmm. every day you wake up and you have to do things in the world, right? right. And like no matter where your fucking head's at or, or what the hell is going on. Yeah. Like I think someone like this could easily just like do some shit sometimes and then reframe it later. Mm-hmm. A minute later, an hour later, a day later, you know? Yeah. And so it's 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 always hard for me to to conclusively come down on on what he was thinking when right. certain things were happening, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, Superman. Oh, Mom and Dad. Fuck. All right, folks. Well. That's Project Superman. Yes. You can find us on Twitter at Nonsense Bazaar. Yes. And we're both on there. Sequoia Kennedy. Yes. Willow Truman. We're both on Instagram. Yes. And it would be awesome if you gave our podcast a five-star rating and review if you like it. Yes, it would. Tell your friends. And... We do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash The Nonsense Bazaar. You get access to our bonus series, The Corkboard Bazaar, informal, more personal talks and things, ideas we're kicking around, stuff like that. It's a very much improvised, I don't need to downsell it. I was trying to upsell it. Almost started downselling it. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about our ongoing research, um, you know, have we conversations. Little we little get loose. loose. Yeah. 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 A little bit more loose than this. But it's a good can time. You, can you imagine that? More loose than this? We run a fairly tight ship. Yeah. We write a script for every episode. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get access to that for only $5 a month. And we'd love to see you there. Yes. Yes. And so tell your friends, tell your, um, t- you, know, you probably should tell your therapists if you listen to the show. Tell them, just let them know. Tell your handlers. Tell your handlers. Tell your Illuminati golden boys. Hey, you know what? Give your handler a hug. Love your handler. Handlers need love too. They do. God damn it. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. Uh, you know what? I, I just gotta because because of the theme. I'm just gonna just just one just 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 one one more Superman song. <laughs> <laughs>